0: I'm Dale Denwalt,
1: and I'm Nuria martinez Kiel. You're listening to The Source.
0: Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them.
1: This week, the vast majority of Oklahomans are eligible to get a COVID-19 vaccine. We get the latest on vaccination efforts going into high gear.
0: Health reporter Dana Branham is with us this week. Dana's been reporting on the breadth of vaccinations in Oklahoma and the declining rates of COVID-19 in our communities. Dana, it took months to get just midway into phase two of Oklahoma's vaccine rollout. Then it was just like a snap of the finger almost. It was only weeks later that we reached the end of phase three, opening up the the vaccine to uh, a lot more people. What made this process speed up so quickly?
2: When um, Oklahoma decided to expand eligibility to this huge, huge group of Oklahomans, I I definitely asked about the timing of what allowed them to do that, and um, the Deputy Health Commissioner, Keith Reed, was saying that it's kind of twofold. Um, We've seen more vaccine supplies coming into the state, so that's been steadily increasing um, over time, but they were also noticing that some of their appointments, particularly in rural areas, were going slower. Um, So while it felt like um, in the metro areas, that appointments were going super fast. If you were willing to drive to some of these smaller communities, there were appointments available. And they don't want appointments to sit open. They want, um, they want the demand and the supply for those appointments to really match up well. So when they saw those start to go slower, that was what triggered this um, this expansion.
0: One thing that I personally you know kind of thought about as it was time for for me to get my vaccine as my eligibility came up uh, was that um, there were a lot of people saying if you're eligible for the vaccine go and get it even if you think that there are other people more deserving than you um, I, I think the consensus is that if you're eligible if you can go get the vaccine you'll get it right
2: Definitely, that, that's what we've been hearing from from the health officials, from even the mayor this week. Um, he got his first vaccine this week and his message to people was, if you're eligible, it is your time. Like he emphasized he is a healthy 40 something year old man um, and, and he's getting his vaccine to kind of set that example that um, if you've been held back by this idea that someone else needs the vaccine more than you, um, that's a valid thought to have, and it's very nice and selfless. But if you're on the list, it's it's your turn. Um, a lot of people are on the list now.
1: I'm glad you said that, Dana. Uh, which populations are eligible now to get the vaccine? Give us, give us a quick rundown.
2: Right. So all of the people who have been eligible um, up until this point are still eligible. So that includes healthcare care workers, um, Oklahomans over 65, um, people with comorbidities um, from 16 to 64 as well um and and teachers school support staff the latest group that was expanded um has to do with essential workers which is a huge group of people um it it really encompasses a lot of different industries um it could be um, folks who work in grocery stores, people who work in retail, hospitality, um, people who work in technology—it is a huge, huge list. Um, if you if you think you might be eligible, uh, you you probably are based on based on this list. Also, it, the eligibility expanded to a broader group of. Um, Education workers um, and students as well. So, if you work for a university um, or a college, a childcare facility, or if you're a college student, um, you're eligible. So, very big group. Um, I, I heard an estimate this week that it's 85% of adult Oklahomans.
0: Now, if you've received the full series of the vaccine, like if, uh, Moderna and Pfizer, you get two shots. Uh, I'm not sure if Oklahoma has uh, the Johnson and Johnson one shot yet, but say you've you've received the full series, what do health experts say that you can safely do now? Can you go back to 2019 and, and live like you did then?
2: Not quite, but I think we're on the on the road towards something that looks more normal. Um, the CDC came out with some new recommendations last week for what you can do after you're fully vaccinated. And so that's that's gonna be two weeks after your second dose in a two dose series. So that would be like the Pfizer or Moderna or two weeks after the Johnson and Johnson. And some people are getting Johnson and Johnson in, in Oklahoma so far, The supplies are pretty limited. Um, but what you can do now, uh, according to the CDC, um, if you're vaccinated, you can spend time indoors unmasked with other fully vaccinated people. Um, and it's also okay to spend time indoors unmasked with unvaccinated people if you are fully vaccinated, as long as the people that you're hanging out with are, are low risk if they were to um, contract COVID. But they, they still recommend that you are going to need to wear a mask in public still, that is not changing whether you're vaccinated or not. Um, and, and still to keep those, um, the precautions that we've taken for a whole year now about um, keeping our distance, washing our hands, all of those still apply.
1: And is that because even if you might not become sick from the virus, you could still carry it and and pass it to other people who maybe haven't been vaccinated yet? Is that the reason for that?
2: I think that's the idea behind it. Um, We just don't know enough about what um, asymptomatic transmission could look like for if you're fully vaccinated. Um, That's something that the scientists are still studying and trying to figure out. So while we don't know, it's safest to continue to um, take some precautions
1: people who live and work in congregate settings are eligible now. Um, That means that Oklahoma's homeless population is being vaccinated. Dana, what efforts are being made to reach this vulnerable population?
2: So um, homeless populations, um, particularly uh, folks who um, use shelter services at several organizations around the city, um, their primary health care provider is called Healing Hands um, Health Care Services, and they have been the folks that have been doing COVID testing in, in homeless shelters um, and, and their general health care um, even pre-pandemic. And so Healing Hands is the group that is going into shelters with vaccines um, to provide those. And from what I've heard, it'll be a, um, they'll do regular visits kind of on a routine for different shelters because the homeless population is not static um, and, and people might not be there one week, but might be there the next week. So um they're using the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, um, particularly with the homeless population, uh, because it only requires one dose. So then there's less of the worry of, am I going to be able to find this person again for a second shot? Um, So it's one and done, and that's so far seeming to work well.
0: Sounds like a pretty efficient way to go through with it. Now, the, the number of people getting vaccinated, as that number goes up, The rate of COVID-19 cases are uh, uh, continuing to go down, which uh, I imagine eases a little bit of the pressure on the healthcare system. Uh, Dana, you wrote a a great story catching up with the frontline healthcare workers who were just overloaded with COVID patients not that long ago. Um, What's the situation for them now? How are they doing?
2: I spoke with um, six frontline healthcare workers. It was doctors, uh, nurses, a respiratory therapist. Um, And this idea that kept coming up in these interviews was like cautious optimism, like things are palpable. Like it it is like the relief that they're feeling is real. And and you can even feel that there are fewer fewer folks in the ICU with COVID. Um, They can definitely feel that things are looking up. But there's this fear that if um, I don't know if we sort of celebrate that our cases and hospitalizations are are down by going back to what we've what we want to do what what life was like before the pandemic um but that could really send things back into crisis for them um so they are they're they're seeing the vaccines as a a hopeful sign they like to see that vaccine appointments are going quickly um, and I think one one nurse I spoke to kind of described it as like a bright light after a long year, um, even for her, her personally because she was able to get the vaccine um, fairly early on back in December when when those arrived for healthcare workers. So it's it's definitely this this idea of optimism of relief, but not wanting to. Just this fear that things might go back to the way they were in January when things looked really bad.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting when they told you that, you know, we've had a reprieves before and kind of like in the eye of the storm, as soon as it passes, the cases went straight back up again. So it, they've kind of seen that song and dance and I and they think they're it sounded like they're still kind of holding
2: their breath to, to to make sure that this one is for real. Yes. Yeah. They're saying like one doctor said it, it does feel different. Like we've had some some of these dips in our cases and hospitalizations before after a surge. Um, but this one feels different. So they're hoping that we're not going to see another big wave like that again.
1: Oklahoma's health commissioner said we're at a critical point in the fight against the coronavirus, but we're not out of the woods yet. What advice did he have for Oklahomans at this juncture?
2: Right, um, so we're, this idea that we're at a critical point is we're, we're seeing vaccines becoming more available, uh, more people getting them, cases and hospitalizations going down. Uh, but we're still at fairly high levels of the virus in the community. Um, we're not seeing that drop back down to what it looked like in March when this was first, last March, I mean, when this was first kind of coming into our consciousness. Um, So Some of the latest recommendations I've heard from the state health department centered around spring break um, and wanting to make sure that people are being safe and smart if they decide to travel or meet up with other people. Um, The advice was if you're going to see other people, maybe do that outdoors where the ventilation can can help um, make that environment safer. And then if you're going to travel, um, particularly for college students, they recommended um, testing before before you travel um, and to try to um, make sure that you're not spreading the virus. Uh, even though it, things feel different and things feel a little bit lighter, um, not to throw the good habits that you've uh, come up with out the window.
0: <laughs> Oklahoma's Governor Kevin Stitt rolled back the rest of uh, the state's remaining COVID restrictions that he had in place early or in the pandemic. Um, He did this even though the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, they said it was too soon to get rid of safety measures. Uh, The governor has uh, come out with a a new mantra that we're going to take our summer back. Is it realistic that life could return to normal anytime soon?
2: I'm I'm not sure. Um, it, I think it also depends on your idea of what going back to normal will look like. Um, but I think there are some hopeful signs. I know we heard from President Biden that um, he'd like vaccines to be available to um, or or all Americans to be eligible for a vaccine by May, um, and I think that could be a big step uh, toward toward getting back to normal. Uh, but we do know, of course, that there's a difference between. Uh, people being eligible for a vaccine and, and people being able to access those vaccines um, and have enough supply for everyone. So it seems like we're, we're hearing about uh, positive trends with vaccinations um, that could get us closer to normal. But I think it's a little too early to know um, what that means for our summer.
0: Well, Dana, thank you so much for joining us this week. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahoman's subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories that we've mentioned today and more every day in the Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.